All right, gentlemen. Jared, we have a guest, an, an educator in the house, professionally on Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, someone to challenge me as the scholar on the show, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Only the bold and candid pen of John O'Hara can tell her story. Only Elizabeth Taylor can live it. I've had more fun in the back seat of a 39 Ford than I could ever have in the vault of the Chase National Bank. I, I guess I get a better introduction on Cerber Cinema than Jared got on the Grand Gesture. Hey, it's a pervert. Come oh, on. man, look at him. If you can <laughs> see One pervert him. to another. Oh. <laughs> look, I know how Malone wants the ball. I know how... <laughs> how to feed it to him all right we were talking jared this is i had to bring on derek because of what you and i personally know about him well uh, as far as his we need a real expert on that. <laughs> his inclination onto a, a classic beauty we don't often go that far back on this show to celebrate an anniversary uh this would be 60 years for uh butterfield eight which uh premiered at the paramount theater on november 2nd 1960 uh, some of that is practical in that the websites I go to, uh, you know, especially the way films were released back in the day, it was a road show. It'd be mm. in this city at this time, but it would play for, you know, if it was successful, it would play for years in theaters. So that's a little bit different than, well, how things used to be <clears throat> with uh, opening weekends. Um, things come in going in a month down that doesn't exist as of this time. And Derek, here's my legion to you. Women like Elizabeth Taylor don't exist now. How's that make you feel? Oh, I married one. <laughs> <laughs> now, a classic beauty. I, she will listen look, this to this. Is, this is totally wasted because on uh, the, our show, the grand gesture that Derek and I do, uh, you mentioned your wife listening to some of the podcasts, but when prodded, he said, never sober cinema. And I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Thankfully, not that one. Proof that she is uh, a smart woman for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think this one fits in the sober cinema wheelhouse because, and I, I admit I was misled. Uh, and I think I was misled until I pulled up the Wikipedia page after watching the fucking thing. I just had it in my head. Oh, that's the one with Elizabeth Taylor playing a prostitute. She's a hooker, right? Hooker that falls in love. Mm. See, I thought it was she's an not actually of uh, Simp September. The way the <laughs> Simps. You know, I was right, Jared, because I was editing some episodes and as the end of October rolled around and we move into November, I have yet to edit a single simp September in October. Thankfully, we made the joke that these episodes mm. would not be out until November because that's how it's looking. You're going to love simp September in the end of November, baby. <laughs> 2022. <laughs> Jared, do you have the definition of simp again? Because I, I, I know it's said a lot. and I'm Show just you thinking, a picture of a friend. That's already been mentioned on the show. Mentioned by name. <laughs> and I thought, should I leave that in? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Nobody listens anyway. Uh, you can find Tangible Teddy on the <laughs> episode. <laughs> but how does it apply to Butterfield 8? Because I think Derek's going to disagree with you. Uh, just a, a dude uh, lusting and going 110% for some women that don't necessarily deserve it. So wait, that can't be Elizabeth Taylor, right? No, not for Elizabeth Taylor. I was just, you know, I'm making a joke. Oh, okay, I thought you were making a, you're taking a jab at the wife here. Oh, no. no, the uh, 
you know, spoiler alert for a <laughs> 60-year-old movie, but <laughs> chasing after a woman and driving her off a cliff. <laughs> Some simp material. <laughs> All right. This one is on HBO, if you have any interest. I actually don't think you can spoil it, because I feel like it's just like a stage play mm-hmm. where you're just seeing usually two characters, sometimes three. Uh <clears throat> I guess tear each other down, but for the most part, it's like just tearing the Elizabeth Taylor character down the entire, like even the man who lusts after her, uh, you know, it's going to come to a boil where he calls her a whore and a slut. She calls herself the slut of all time, which I think is a better title than Butterfield eight, which I'm still young for this. I'm still kind of confused. I was like, how did telephones work back then? How did you (laughs) order a prostitute or is she a prostitute? (laughs) I think people just keep assuming she's a prostitute, which Derek, does that make her character worse in these times that she's just having sex because she enjoys it? I mean, she's basically like a crucible witch here. I was going to say the optics of watching this in 2020 um, in, in which you could make the case that this film is basically a cautionary tale about uh, premarital sex and simping together, right? Um, and then you watch go back and watch Teddy. it. <laughs> exactly. Flying off a cliff. <laughs> Be aware of the road signs. <laughs> Turn back. Uh, virtue is where you need to go. Um, it's it's a hard to look at her character. Again, in these eyes, because uh, or through this, the lens of today, because you're right. The entire film is everyone basically uh, talking about the fact that she's a whore and that her life is going to end tragically, um, or she'll never be anybody because of that very fact. And man, are they on the nose of that at the end? Um, but it's it, totally her own making. Yeah, like she. I mean, I'm. I'm not. This is not me slut shaming. I'm saying she herself doesn't accept. Like, oh maybe I could settle down with this guy. Hmm. I'll just try to run away from him uh, in very uh, deadly fashion here. And is that like a remnant of like the movie code where it's like, we can't allow this sinful woman to have a happy ending. Even when it makes no sense for her to go full thumb on Louise, (laughs) Uh, we have to, because it's like, it looks like things have been resolved in a way that, yeah, you can, fuck as much as you want and you know guy will still love you and he'll divorce his well-to-do wife and it'll be fine it's like someone said no no no, that's not a lesson we want right learn from this we want you to enjoy being titillated and living vicariously through elizabeth taylor uh being a man who maybe has opportunity to have sex with elizabeth taylor but eventually we want everyone to be cowed even the man here (laughs) we want him to hang his head in shame Another spoiler alert, because I love it. The final line of this is the man telling his wife, who's apologizing to him for his... I'm sorry, your mistress ...going died. to her death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to hear about that. My wife was just... She didn't watch all this, but she caught enough to where the wife, I guess in the simpian way, as Jared would say, is apologizing to her husband, like, oh, your mistress died. Damn. Sorry, <laughs> man, that's terrible. Sorry to hear that. Um, Where's that he code her, <laughs> Yeah, can I get that, please? Did she die in a fire Wipe crash? Wipe the blood off fucking... of it, please. <laughs> the blood and semen, just too much. <laughs> now you're getting into sober cinema. <laughs> <laughs> the final line, though, is him telling his wife, almost like he's lecturing her, like, all right, woman, I'm going to go out and walk the streets and see if I can find my own pride again. And if you're still here, we'll see if we can work something out. And I'm like, what the fuck? How are you lecturing this woman who's been very understanding of you fucking Elizabeth Taylor 
and you're basically saying I need to go wash the wash the stink off myself, and then we'll come back and maybe see if we can forget all about this. I was cackling at that ending. That, that was such the most ridiculous. I, I said that. It was like, she goes flying off the cliff. I was like, I bet the divorce is over. I bet you don't want to get divorced now, do you? I've come to my senses, Elizabeth. <laughs> well, this guy's got the shittiest luck. The time when he finally mans up and says, I'm not happy in this marriage. Uh, the woman he wants to, to start a new life with drives as fast as she can away from him to her death, and then he's got to come hat in hand. Do you love her? That woman you were with? I seem to. But you fought over her and sent her away in a rage. And I hated her unreasonably because I couldn't stand the thought of losing her. May I say something to you? Sure. Say something sexy. Something that always got the boys headed straight for the motel. No. You're a joke. A dirty joke from one end of this town to the other. I don't know. Maybe he flips it accordingly. Maybe he just plays it complete 180 where it's like, this is something, this is some personal growth I need to seek for myself. And you can't understand that. Then I guess you just can you just step out of my, like, I don't know, just the way it was framed. As Derek said, I think it's from just such a different time period. That it, I don't know if it was laughable then, but it kind of comes across as laughable now. I say that as someone that enjoyed the movie. I don't think I enjoyed it the way they wanted me to, but I enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it. Oh, at all? <laughs> um, I wanted That's bad. To. This is an Academy Award winning performance from Elizabeth Taylor, which yeah. is questionable. Well, in she's, its own regard. She's car- exactly, because she's playing a role that would have, or the way her role uh, played out was perfectly acceptable um, for the time, I guess. I wanted to like this film, um, and I really wanted to, I, w- I really want the film to actually have a purpose um, that was transcendent of it just being a narrative about. Um, you know, having no direction and being without virtue. And that's really what it, it ends up being, right? Like if you're, if you're not living the right type of life, Elizabeth, you know, things are going to work out poorly. Same for her husband. Not the only characters that it appears to work out for, and this was not really that well fleshed out, at least in that final scene, was her, her best friend and his girlfriend, um, where he just all of a sudden decides like, you know what? This person is trash, and I need to settle down and make something of my life because she comes in again, boozy and smelling like cigars, and then she breaks down, and tells me some like really quick, uh, you know, child molestation story, and that's when he's like, hmm. it doesn't make him look that good. Where he's no. like, oh, I'm no. not that into you anymore. Ruined the fantasy. Ruined yeah. it. <laughs> it's gone. You have one human. Your own moment. trauma. Why'd you have to bring that in? What you look? Moment. I know we're friends here, but there's. <laughs> You feel tacked on. <laughs> Steve. I, I have to tell you something. I know about you, boy. You don't know this. Nobody knows this. Except a certain man somewhere. Who I like to think of is standing in the middle of a lake filled with burning gasoline. Please listen. I was 13. My father was dead. All older men seemed like fathers to me. 
I wanted one of my own to sit in his lap to hug him and have him say I was beautiful do you remember Major Hartley Major Hartley, my mother's friend. He came down to Grand Central Station one day to pick me up from summer camp. Mother was away visiting. He took me home. He let me sit on his lap. He let me hug him. He told me I was beautiful. He stayed in that house for one week and taught me more about evil than any 13-year-old girl in the world knew. Marie, don't, don't. You haven't heard the worst of it yet. I loved it. Every awful moment of it, I loved. That's your Gloria, Steve. That's your darling Gloria. Like, just the way that scene manifest um not not the 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 practicality of it right or not the how that could have be uh you know kind of a part of how she over sexualizes a lot of her interactions now because that could make sense but the way it's presented it's it feels very like it's oh very convenient <laughs> i was 13 and i was oh, i know where this is going you know where that where that narrative is it going can't just be a woman that enjoys having sex like a man, yeah, and actually, that's to, probably like you have to be mentally deranged. <laughs> I mean, that's that's modern films too. Yeah, usually, like even um, Trainwreck, Amy mm. Schumer, sex comedy, sex comedy. Right. They make a point, I think, to open with that film where her father has stepped out on their mom, and to explain himself, he's telling his two daughters. Well, you just wouldn't want to play with one toy your whole life, would you? That would get boring. He is basically... So they, they make a point to be like, oh, the father had influence on the child. Right. And I'm like, can't Amy Schumer just enjoy dick all the time? Like, does it have to be like, oh, that's, that's what it is. It's it's not the trauma that we're seeing here where right. she actually was assaulted. But Derek said, it's like, mm-hmm, yeah, we're going we're gonna to tack that on just because... Uh, we need to make Mike and Jared feel bad for enjoying <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor call herself the slut of all time. And me and Jared are like, yeah, that's, <laughs> go for it. You're almost there. But even still, like, there's no empathy with it. Like, you don't, it's like you feel like you should care more than yes. you actually mm-hmm. care. And it's because of how it was it was presented. It was, oh, man, man, she's had a, a rough time. And now she's just, she's such a slut because of what they did to her. <laughs> Okay, next scene. And I wanted—I would have liked to have cared more about that for them to have made me. So you're saying we're no different than the friend. We're like, mm, yeah, all right. That's I've had enough of this. Like, I don't need her uh, <laughs> crashing on my couch. Doesn't it kind of feel like he already knew? Like, you could see him if we—if we were in his role or in that moment with him, it'd be like, I know where this is going. She's going to tell me that story again. She tells me every time she gets too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Tell me about the guy on the base, your mother's friend, right? Oh, geez. Like, that's how it plays out. And I'm like, no, I want this to matter. And it really doesn't. It really doesn't matter at all. The movie I kept thinking of was Chasing Amy. 
that was the one where I'm like, okay, that's obviously it's a, you know, I think 37 year difference, the 97 movie. Um, it, it's one that's controversial, I guess, in its own regard. Cause I've seen it even in our lifetime going from, Oh, that's so progressive to, Oh, that's mm. so backwards thinking to, um, you know, it's view that sexuality and gender is kind of fluid is actually come back into what the progressives would say is like, yes, that's what we're looking for. Right. Uh, whereas previously it was sort of maybe seen as anti-feminist or it was uh, anti-gay because uh, there's there was a, uh, Jared, I'm sure you remember this, like uh, Kevin Smith used to do this like, evening with Kevin Smith things, uh, pre-podcasting. He would go out and sell tickets and go to college universities. I remember this college student, this woman saying, what do you make of the fact that <clears throat> your fan base watching this film, you have a character say all lesbian needs is a deep dicking to become straight. <laughs> like you might be saying it like mm. that's a ridiculous notion. And it's an incredibly masculine notion, mm. like a, a sort of a, a fantasy notion of what a man would be to like turn a, a woman, uh, turn a woman, but also untouched by penis. That's the important distinction. <laughs> we don't care how slutty she was with all the other chicks. That's fantastic. That's great. Um, <laughs> And it was interesting that, that that sort of back and forth because she's like, look, most of your fan base, they enjoy how stupid the characters sound when they say that. But it's not that far afield from how they themselves converse about these subjects. Like they're not, they're not necessarily pointing and laughing. They're laughing because it's like, yes, someone like me who finally says I it. said that same <laughs> shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And the reason I'm bringing it up into Butterfield 8 is because I'm like, oh. So this is like the 1960 version of that, where we have a lot of characters kind of saying something, and you may not agree with it. Like even the um, the best friend, the mother's best friend that comes out so combative, she ends up getting the fucking coat. And I'm like, why is Elizabeth Taylor like right. apologizing to her? Why is he, she extending the olive branch to this woman who has just slut shamed her the whole time? And it's because it's like, well, because she had the stones to say it. She had the stones <clears throat> to set her right. Her mom wouldn't. Her mom would never say it. But if you had a woman like that in her life. She wouldn't be going off to her fiery death, would she? It was some funny slut shaming, though. It was. All it, right, there's the Kevin no. Smith fan base. I tried to include <laughs> just me and Jared, and then Derek's like, "But it was hilarious." <laughs> I actually did think the mother's friend was pretty funny. I uh, not in in a vacuum. Derek, Let's say I in a vacuum. Don't let me enter that headspace of your particular fantasy where you're playing bridge with her on a Sunday and then it goes a completely different direction. That that old sage of a woman that's like, you just keep your legs crossed, honey. This is very weathered. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you bring me here? You know what I'm here for. <laughs> See, Jared doesn't even ask you more. He, he knows mm -hmm. why, why he's here. Um... Jared, what, I mean, what'd you make of it? You're kind of, this is pretty much an episode designed just for Derek, but uh, what's your particular viewpoint to someone? <laughs> I, was, I was told I could just kind of sit back and listen on this episode. I figured it would be 30 or 40 minutes of Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> this is, um, if you've ever uh, played 2K with Derek, uh, when he's um, well lubricated and he's mad because we've lost all night long. <laughs> And it's give me the ball every uh -huh. time type thing. If it's the, the Craig Elo play for 40 straight minutes, that's <laughs> that's what this... I told Jared, you won't have to even speak, buddy. You won't even have to just turn your headset off. Let Derek just shoot all the shots he wants. I'm, I'm shoot up the club, as I say. <laughs> I You know, it's it was really hard to enjoy it. Even, you know, as the 
nasty Hellcat character. She comes out strong, like booze and cigarettes and how oh, she's woken up from a night of debauchery or whatever. It's like, I like this girl. This girl is all right as far as <laughs> movie characters go. But You probably liked even better that she refuses payment, too. Don't you oh, dare man. pay me. What a woman. This guy's got the right <laughs> idea trying to wipe this woman up. <laughs> but yeah, it's to relate to what Derek said, it's like you've got this like 60s audiences looking at this through a fucking zoo cage or something. Like, look at the whore. Look how the whore acts. <laughs> Can't wait for the whore to get her come up. And it's like. <laughs> but we also kind of like it. We also are kind of titillated because it's. It is Elizabeth Taylor. So, I mean, it's not that different from, um, I don't know, like Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. Mm. Like everyone, like the, that that film is more successful because it's a fairy tale. We can clean her up and she doesn't mm. have to live that life anymore. Mm. But there's also that part of probably in particular the men or the, the lesbians, you know, chasing Amy, like right there. No, no deep dicking. Like you can enjoy Julia Roberts <laughs> yourself too. There's probably in the back of your mind just enjoying the idea of like someone that looks like Julia Roberts. A movie star, a prostitute, the hooker with the heart of gold thing that Hollywood loves. Mm. I don't know how far back it goes. It probably goes back way further than this because I, I read this was based on a book from the 30s. So, and I keep going back to that, but this, she's not actually a hooker, right? Like that is an important distinction. Yes, she. I thought she was money, initially, but, yeah, but she's not. <clears throat> no. Yeah, I thought I, that. That's, I guess, off the premise. I don't know what I had read right before I watched it, but I thought this was a movie about a woman of the night. And she's absolutely not that. And so I Wait, guess she works for free. Like, exactly. <laughs> I, I, like I was confused by the idea. Why is she upset about being paid? Because that's how this <laughs> transaction works. Like, did he overpay or, and that's also an odd thing to be upset about. And then I realized she's actually not. And so I don't know if everything I've read now about it, which is not a lot, it almost mischaracterized her as, well, she must have been a prostitute to be a woman who has premarital sex. So every synopsis I've read is basically by someone that was born in the 30s, I guess. I don't know. Um, but no, she, she was just someone who who was very free with how she lived her life and basically, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, being talked down to at every single turn. Um, I don't. I, I just don't know what's two hours long too. Yeah. It's, it's almost it's a, <clears throat> way too yes. long <clears throat> for this to be like a um, a lecture to the youth or to the I guess you know in this time period the fairer sex. Uh, <clears throat> eventually, like and I know Jared, like I've, I've said this before about other movies, different mm -hmm. movies, but eventually you get tired of like the film almost working against itself to be a constant fucking buzzkill. It's like mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's like if you're having to try that hard to make this lifestyle seem not fun, then it probably is fucking fun. And <laughs> you probably honestly right. want Elizabeth Taylor to do whatever she wants. Cause you actually, you're like the guy, you're like this married man. You want to meet someone like that. And it's, it is appalling to watch it now and be like, you mean they just couldn't after all those hijinks, why, why can't they just wander off? Mm. They just start a new life. Like why can't either one just well, be happy? They've gone through enough hassle. They'll just let it be. If you've not watched it, you know, as I had not, obviously, <laughs> you keep waiting for that substance. You know, the last five to ten minutes has the ability to be, like, a really nice payoff if she finally realizes, like, 
you know what, I, I'm, I'm just going to go away and do my own thing, be my own person, get away from all this. And, and she runs from him for, you know, the last five minutes and gets away from him. But no, it's got to be some sort of fucking... He just finds her. <laughs> he just finds her at a diner. He's like, oh, she went to Boston? That's mm-hmm. a small town. I'm sure I can... Well... <laughs> I just take the road to Boston. I'll just follow I'll find you. her car. <laughs> I'll chase you for the 600 miles that it's going to take to get to fucking Boston. Like. Let... What is the what would be the outcome that would have made you feel like there was some level of payoff? Because I don't feel like, at least for me, and it sounds like for Jared, that the end does any service to the rest of the film. How could it have played out where it would have worked? Her to be alone, for her to have been with uh, whatever his name was. What do they keep calling Liggett. it? Western Liggett is that his name? Yeah, Western Liggett. West- Weston Amsbury Leggett is uh, the IMDb. Like, oh. It'll get more preppy <laughs> sound. Um, Esquire. I actually think the the film, <clears throat> the problem area is that they put the onus on her as far as her life changes. She's single. like, mm. And yeah, maybe she's um, crashing. Maybe she's imposing on her friends and family too much because she's not cemented. Like if she had, like let's say if she had her own apartment, mm. And she was just sleeping with whoever, and then she went back home. That that might be the only issue I have with her, is that she is kind of inviting those criticisms by wandering into her friend Steve's house and be like, oh, boy, I, I feel sore. Like, my back. Not for me. <laughs> and he got Steve like, Jesus, you're not even wearing clothes. You stole a woman's mink coat. You stink. You smell of sex. And you come here and you lay on my couch. Like, I get that. I get that. And I get the mom and the mom's friend being from a different generation, especially she's like, hey, mom, can I borrow 30 bucks or whatever it is? Mm. That's the stuff where I understand. It becomes harder for me if she just is doing this and she's still going to her job. You know, if it's just her private business. And I think that's probably why they did it the way they did, because it gives the film an excuse, as opposed to other people dropping in on her at night and being like, so, you're still a slut. Like ghosts of Christmas past. Like just in her bedroom. Some tact here. Like, I invite you over and you start talking about my sexual business, which doesn't involve you. Um, which, you know, if you're Elizabeth Taylor in this time, that's probably her life anyway. I mean, that's part of her, like, own reputation where people just wanted to be involved in her sex life. So much so that it almost overshadowed her, like, film career in that way. Easy I think that they should have put all of it on the married man. Mm. He's the one that needs to have the hard conversations. Right. It should be him that's being lectured by people like, hey, you're stepping on your wife, whose entire family has pretty much given you this position of power and wealth. And instead, the film makes it easy for him. He never <laughs> loses understanding that power. Wife. Yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> he, I mean, he never, when you think, he never loses his, his level of power and authority over every other character. And he only really gets called out by that friend in, you know, the, you know, opening act where the friend's basically like, you know what, you're a real piece of shit, if I'm being honest <laughs> with you. And I'm telling you this because I care. Um, but it's the friend that offers him a job, right? Exactly. A job that hands it over. provides him an out from yes. his marriage. Exactly. No one really, uh, uh, the mother-in-law, you know, mentions that, hey, my daughter did, deserves better. And she tells her that, but she doesn't say it to him, right? He's never really pushed to grow up and to be better than what he is. And then the film ends with him still getting to make the conscious decision about whether or not he wants to try to not be a piece of shit. He gets that while Elizabeth Taylor gets crashed into a car and turned into like, you know, a busted can. It's, he he deserves 
worse than this. In the 60s, I'm sure that was a happy ending. Applauded. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got to worry about my mistress anymore because she's dead. Good show. <laughs> the only decent person is the uh, cop that pulls her over for speeding, which seems like a waste of time mm. in the previous scene. And he, just so he can lament, like, oh, man. I should have, like, you know, hauled her, hauled her uh, slutty ass off to jail. Maybe, maybe she wouldn't have gone to this slutty death of hers, like, in this, this car crash. Like, the only one that shows any, like, hey, if I had done this, maybe right. we had a different outcome. Not the man chasing her when she's asked, please don't follow me. That's he, a great point. He, he never, he, doesn't he actually any. doesn't, never, he never says anything about it. Like, he, he just never makes says, sure that the cops know that he slept with her, though. Exactly. <laughs> just like all just so of you know. All of his friends did the exact same thing, or all the guys that would come around and be like, "You know Gloria, <laughs> like we're Eskimo brothers or whatever." They were fist pumping over. He did the same thing with the cops, and then kept and then dropped a one liner to his wife, puts his head down, and pretends to cry, and was like, "I'm going to go on a walk, probably to a bar." I mean, nothing. He's he's a very he's a much less interesting Don Draper. I mean, a much less but interesting, a more realistic one, probably, probably. Or a uh, much less interesting Jared Dawson. Now, now you're talking. I chase women. I chase women all the time. <laughs> I chase women, <laughs> and it usually ends in their death. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, given my cardio level, it. Uh... I can't. Do they get? Them. They generally get generally get away. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Sober Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the 60 year anniversary of Butterfield 8. The Scotch on the Rocks. Please, any Scotch will do. As long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps. Maybe a Glengow. Any Glen. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini. Shaken, not stirred. Good record. I know my outs. I know where it is. That's it. <laughs> you found that one because I. <laughs> Look, we sound like decent human beings. But I, I often wonder is it just self serving to me? Like. <laughs> encouraging women to slut it out and be sex positive. That that, that would yeah, not be harmful. Really struggle with if it's actually beneficial or if it's just because you're <laughs> one sluttier women. 